Welcome to the first episode of the GSJ EMS podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about adenosine triphosphate, also known as adenocard. Uh, this is a cardiac med that we all carry on our rigs. Uh, it's one that a lot of people are scared to give, and I want to cover that today, uh, why we give it. Uh, we'll go over the ins and outs of the medication, talk about what it does to the patient, what it feels like when it's administered to the patient, uh, what kind of side effects it's going to present in our patients, uh, and what we can do to make it a more comfortable experience when we give this medication to our patients, what type of cardiac rhythms we're going to be uh, seeing and giving this medication in, and just covering again all the ins and outs of adenosine. So first off the bat, we need to cover the drug itself. We're going to go over the class, the dosage, the actions, indications, contraindications, any special warnings that you'd have uh, when giving this medication. As far as the class goes, adenosine is going to be an antiarrhythmic agent. Again, an antiarrhythmic agent. This is going to be something we're only going to be given in cardiac situations and more, uh, more so, more importantly, I guess I should say, uh, when a patient is in a uh, supraventricular tachycardia or tachycardia uh, that's originating above the ventricle, something that's very fast and something that we're going to try to slow down. We're not going to give this medication if our patient's symptomatic, if they're not mentating. So this is something that's going to be a first-line treatment uh, as long as patients in that, that SVT, uh, that fast tachycardia that's going to be a narrow complex tachycardia, we're going to give this medication. Uh, it's going to be, dose-wise, a 6 milligram rapid IVP, and we're going to give that very quickly, uh, rapid is in the name of that, and so we want to give that as quickly as we can, and we're going to follow that up with a, a quick saline flush. Uh, if we don't see the intended change in this, we're going to continue dosing that at 12 milligrams, and we're going to go two additional rounds of 12 milligrams, and if we don't see anything then, we're going to hold off giving any more of this medication unless we're given uh, special orders by our medical control or our protocols will then state otherwise, uh, and also we can consider... Uh, at that point, going on to things like uh, cardioversion. When it comes to a pediatric dose of adenosine, this is very, very rarely used in the field, uh, something we don't see a lot in kids. It's going to be 0.1 megs per keg with a max of 6 megs, and we're going to follow that up just like we would with an adult. At a higher dose, it's going to be 0.2 megs per keg with a max of 12 milligrams. Uh, and again, each of those you want to make sure you're following with a saline flush. Uh, just 5 mLs in kids. We don't want to fluid overload them. When it comes to the action of adenosine, it's going to be an exertion uh, of its effects by decreasing conduction through the AV node. And the half-life of adenosine is very short. It's 15 seconds, uh, so it's something that we're going to get in. We're going to push rapidly. We want to get it as close to the heart as possible, and it's going to decrease the conduction through the AV node. It's going to slow that conduction pathway down and hopefully get us back to a slower, more stable rhythm for our patient. Uh, obviously, the, we kind of discussed a little earlier when we talked about the class the indication to give this drug is going to be when it's an svt uh adenocard is certainly indicated for supraventricular tachycardias uh, including those associated with accessory bypass tracts like wolf parkinson white syndrome a lot of people are scared to give it to those patients uh something to consider uh, but it also is in included and associated with wpw uh Obviously, you can attempt vagal maneuvers before you give this, uh, and you can do this prior to and post uh, Denison administration. Uh, however, this is something you don't want to withhold this medication. If the patient needs it and those vagal maneuvers aren't working, I certainly want to give it to it. And again, we're not going to give a Denison if the patient is not 
if, if they're not symptomatic at all. Uh, and certainly if they're not mentating at that point, we're going to go straight to cardioversion. We're not going to stop and give this medication. This is only if a patient is symptomatic, but they're not uh, they're not in a state where they're, they're having trouble mentating and we have an issue with, with what the, the map of that patient's out, outcome is and how it's affecting that patient. When it comes to contraindications, we certainly wouldn't give it to a patient that's in a second or third degree AV block or has some sort of sick sinus syndrome. Uh, and so that is uh, the contraindication for the drug. So very few things there that we're not going to give this um as far as side effects that the patient may have, uh, you might see some facial flushing. A uh, patient might get a headache, um, have sweating, diaphoresis, um, palpitations, uh, chest pain, and hypotension. And a lot of these signs and symptoms are going to be signs and symptoms these patients are going to have just because they're already in a uh, arrhythmia that's causing their heart to beat very fast. And so a lot of these things like sweating and palpitations and chest pain, these patients already have it. And even hypotension, the heart's not effectively able to keep up a blood pressure when it's beating this fast. It's not able to have a complete ventricular filling time because of this. So you very well may see a lot of these signs and symptoms already. Uh, on the respiratory side, the patient may be short of breath. Again, have some chest pressure uh, and, and a heavy feeling. Uh, the patient might be hyperventilating. Um, and then when you give this medication, they might kind of have that metallic taste, especially we talk about when we give saline for the first time to a patient and they taste that that metallic taste. Uh, that's something a lot of patients that have, are administered to denison will, will feel. And then again, that tightness in the throat uh, and head pressure. When it comes to the CNS, I might have a little lightheadedness some dizziness, some blurred vision, some tingling and numbness in the extremities, uh, and some apprehension about the situation and what's going on. And again, I just want to stress a lot of the side effects of this drug are side effects that the patient's already going to be experiencing if they're truly in an SVT and they're in a rhythm that's so fast, they're already going to have uh, that, that, that heartbeat that feels like it's popping out of their chest and so very quickly they're already going to have the chest pain. They're already going to have the low blood pressure. They're already going to be dizzy. Uh, and so that's a perfect patient that we want to give a denison to. Again, I can't stress enough that mentation uh, point that I talked about earlier. If a patient's mentating, we, that's when we're going to give a denison. We're not going to give it to a patient who's not mentating. Those patients, we're going to go straight to cardioversion. And we'll touch on that a little bit too uh, toward the end of this episode. So when it comes to warnings about this drug, I always like to tell folks that adenocard may produce a short-lasting first, second, or third-degree heart block. It is a very quick-acting drug. Uh, the Again, the half-life of this drug is less than 15 seconds, and that's why we want to get it so close to the heart so quickly uh, so that we eat up as much of this drug as we can and get its full bioavailability as quickly as possible. Uh, when we convert to normal sinus rhythm, a variety of newer rhythms may appear. You may see PVCs, PACs. Uh, you may even go to a sinus bradycardia. You may go into a sinus tachycardia. Uh, you may experience some, some uh, skip beats. Um, and then again, those varying degrees of AV blocks. And these are generally only going to last a few seconds uh, without you having to do something. Uh, the effects of adenosin are certainly antagonized by things such as caffeine and theophylline. And the larger doses of adenosin may be required uh, for it to be effective. So we talked about earlier when we were talking about the doses that you're going to give that 6 uh, milligram push, then a 12, and then followed by another 12. So we're going to give that 6, see if we get the effect that we need. And if not, we're going to go on to a, a, a higher dose of 12. So that's a little bit about the warnings 
Um, I can tell you from personal experience, given this medication of patients, uh, you will see uh, once you push this med about a second to two seconds after you push this this medication on the cardiac monitor, uh, they're going to go into a systole for a good what seems like obviously an eternity to you in the situation. But really, it's just a few seconds. These patients are going to be uh, in this asystole, and that is literally the medication uh, reaching the site it needs to take an effect and causing that, that conduction block uh, real quickly through the, the AV junction and producing that effect and hopefully converting that patient back to a normal sinus rhythm. Um, again, a lot of times I see more than not uh, these patients converted into more of a sinus tech uh, that will sometimes even slow itself down further to sinus rhythm. Uh, but obviously sinus rhythm being the, the goal. Uh, but don't, don't be scared if you see these patients go back into a sinus uh, tachycardia. So as we mentioned earlier, adenosin is an antiarrhythmic drug. It's a class 5 antiarrhythmic drug. Uh, and so really in its base, it's an endogenous nucleoside. And that, what that means for us is that it's already present in the body. Adenosin is known for the treatment of SVTs in the EMS system, but in reality, adenosin is responsible for many actions already in the body at a cellular level. And that depends on which receptor it binds to. And during excessive reentry of tachycardias, adenosine, in simple terms, has given a slowdown in overall ventricular rates we mentioned earlier. As far as pharmacodynamics of adenosine, we know that it binds to A1. It's one of the multiple adenosine receptors and located in the SA node. It blocks L-type calcium channels and reduces calcium influx, which is going to lead to a decreased firing rate. We know that as a negative chronotropic effect, that chrono meaning time, so we're going to slow down that firing rate. And some channels in that AV node are also going to decrease conductivity, and that we know that to be a, a dromotropic effect. Uh, and so we're going to decrease the conductivity down to the ventricles, uh, and that's exactly what we want to do during these tachyarrhythmias, uh, with, especially with reentry capability, is we want to slow down that ventricular rate. And so adenosine is going to allow that in that AV node. Uh, when it comes to higher doses of adenosine, uh, like they give during a stress test to patients, it's given often like 60 milligrams, I believe, over four minutes. And that's not the typical administration uh, that we're going to see in the field. That's something that they do, especially uh, during like things like stress tests. Uh, and we want to make sure that we really uh, don't put those patients uh, at any further risk uh, by giving those higher doses. Um, when it's infused slowly, uh, adenosine can bind to A2 receptors uh, in the heart, and that's going to uh, decrease our cyclic adenosine monophosphate. Uh, and so we know that uh, the, that is a second messenger that's used to send signals uh, to the cell membrane, uh, to intracellular areas, and it's going to release chemicals like calcium that's going to break down uh, proteins. And since calcium is required for a contraction and constriction that's going to lead to vasodilation. Uh, physiologic changes in response to that include the blood pressure uh, changes from vasodilation leading to increased heart rate to compensate it for it. And so uh, understanding these details can help us recognize complications that can happen when administering adenosine, uh, things like AV blocks and that short asystole I was talking about earlier and some other problems uh, that your patient uh, might have. And so in the bottom line, again, adenosine, it, it does several different things in the body, uh, and therefore it doesn't really die, uh, but rather just disappears. It gets, it gets used so rapidly, and that's why we want to push it fast. We want to push it close to the heart uh, and help it to, to be used up as quickly and as effectively as we can by the body. 
So moving on to a case study, I recently had a patient, a gentleman was 54 years old and sits down at the kitchen table. He's on the telephone. He's talking to a family member. Uh, He's having an upsetting conversation with his family member. All of a sudden, he starts having severe chest pain, feels like his heart's beating out of his chest, doesn't know what to do, starts getting short of breath, calls 911. We show up, get there. The patient's obviously not feeling well. You can tell he's clutching his chest, says he's having severe chest pain, put him on the cardiac monitor uh, in a major, major, major SVT, uh, around 240, 260 beats per minute. Uh, Again, the patient... Uh, at this point, still talking, still mentating, uh, blood pressure still maintaining at this point. So, of course, we're going to first with this gentleman, we're going to try some vagal maneuvers, uh, things like a Valsalva maneuver. We're going to try things like our revert method uh, that a lot of times is very popular with EMS providers and and even in the hospital setting, uh, very popular and and, uh, works very well a lot of times with these patients. Uh, So we tried that. Little to no response from this gentleman uh, by doing those maneuvers. So we knew it was time to administer a denison. Uh, so, of course, we are on that cardiac monitor. We're checking our pulses. Uh, we've got um, pads placed, uh, defibrillator pads on this patient just as a precaution. Uh, is something I would always recommend that you do as a provider. Anytime that you're going to give it uh, antiarrhythmic or any cardiac drug, when you're going to mess with somebody's heart, Always be one step ahead of the game and put those quick combo pads on your your defib pads from your monitor. Go ahead and get those on your patient and be ready to go. That way you're ahead of the game. If something uh, does go wrong and you need to react, you've already got that one step ahead and you're already working on that solution uh, for that patient. So we've got the pads on. We've got the IV established and we've got a nice big 18 gauge IV established in the patient's left AC and we're ready to push the adenosine. Made sure we did a timeout very quickly with our staff and we all all knew as a group what was fixing to happen, the drug that we were administering, and just a quick rundown of side effects that we could see. Uh, and, and so, again, we made sure we had all our right routes, our right doses, and everything that we, we give before we push a medication to our patient. Gave the medication. Again, saw that asystole on the monitor. Only lasted about a second, maybe two seconds. And again, when you're in this situation, it's going to seem like it's an eternity. Really not. Uh, The patient responded very well to that. I immediately went down into a sinus tachycardia and stayed around 110 uh, as far as beats a minute goes. Stayed around 110 and made sure we checked a pulse. We had a manual pulse check uh, so that we were making sure that what we were seeing on the monitor was mechanically uh, occurring as well with that patient. It wasn't just something electrical we were seeing. And so that patient did really well, and that patient stayed in that sinus tack all the way to the hospital, onto the hospital bed, and as we were departing the hospital, we got word from one of the nurses that he had converted back into an SVT, and they were getting ready ready then to administer that 12-milligram push. Again, we talked earlier in our dosage, we started on scene with a 6-milligram push, that converted, and so we were done at that point with medication administration, but the hospital then is going to start back over, and they're going to, instead, they're going to start with that 12 milligram push since we had already given six and had been so close to the time that had been administered by EMS on scene they gave that 12 milligram push and no response out of this patient so an additional 12 milligrams was pushed by the hospital and again no response so at this point there's literally not a lot that can be done for this patient other than doing that synchronized cardio version that we mentioned earlier and so we're going to use the monitor for that it's the only thing we can use uh, we've got the pads on the patient and what 
we're going to do is we're going to start out at 100 joules and we're going to cardiovert this patient on the R wave. The monitor is going to detect that for us and we're going to cardiovert that patient to hopefully stop that uh, re-entry from occurring and slow that, that patient back into a normal rhythm. And so that's what was occurring as we left the hospital. The patient did convert. Uh, later that afternoon as we returned to the hospital, I checked on that patient. That patient was actually on an adenosine drip. And so not only did he need cardioversion, he needed adenosine drip. And uh, without knowing the, the end of the patient's story, uh, my guess is that patient's going to be going in for an ablation-type surgery uh, to fix whatever was exciting the heart, whatever area the, the atrial node was exciting uh, that patient's heart to cause that supraventricular tachycardia. And so, again, just a little bit about just touching on uh, the, the synchronized cardioversion again uh, after that adenosine administration failed there in the hospital. Uh, what you can do, uh, even on scene, if you have that happen. Again, we're, our dose is 6 milligram followed by 12 milligram followed by 12 milligram. And at the end of that, uh, unless you have a medical uh, control willing to give you additional doses, I would highly recommend you going straight to cardioversion. And if a patient's mentating, again, uh, I would highly suggest that you give that patient something for pain. Uh, a little Versed goes a long way, a little fentanyl prior to administering that, that cardioversion. Um, will go a long way for your patient before you hit them in the chest uh, with some electricity. Again, though, if they're not mentating, I can't say this enough, I cannot stress this enough, if a patient is not mentating, we are not giving adenosine. We're going straight to cardioversion um, and, and going that route because it's so important at that point that we get that blood pressure back up, we get that MAP back up, and we do what's best for our patient, and that's going to be synchronized cardioversion. So that wraps up all the knowledge sharing we can do on adenosine. What I really want to focus on for the remainder of the episode is just reminding everyone that adenosine is a safe drug to give. Uh, it should not be taken lightly, but in all reality, it's a safe drug to give, and it's a drug that we should be giving more in the field uh, to stop these SVTs in our patients. A lot of times, because of some of the side effects that you see in adenosine, uh, EMS providers are reluctant. They're scared uh, to give this medication. And even providers in the hospital sometimes can be reluctant to give this medication. And I think as long as we're doing uh, everything we can uh, to try to, again, use those Valsalva techniques, use those the uh, maneuvers that we have available to us to try to Brady these patients down without medication administration uh, always should be our first attempt. Um, but as long as we're doing those things and as long as we're being safe about the administration, we know uh, that we're following our drug administration guidelines as far as our dosages uh, and our routes go, uh, that we're being precautious as far as making sure these patients are on a cardiac monitor, that we are checking manual pulses on these patients. We've got stable vital signs to be able to be pushing this type of medication that we've got compliance from our patient and that we have compliance from our crew and that they know what's going on. Everybody's educated about what is fixing to happen when we give this medication to our patient. Uh, and then secondly, uh, that we are uh, educating the patient when we're pushing this medication, what they're going to experience while we're giving this medication, uh, and that we're being precautionary as far as having those defibrillator pads already on our patient uh, hooked up to our monitor so that in case something does go wrong and we do have something that we need to act on, we're ready to go. We've got things uh, headed in that direction already uh, and that we can respond appropriately to our patient 
Um, nothing like having uh, your tail caught uh, between your legs and when you need those things and they're not ready for you. So I always, again, recommend having that stuff out. Have it ready. Have it on your patient, ready to go. Um, if cost is a factor in your organization, uh, I know a lot of times people say those combo pads are very expensive, and they are. If cost is a factor and you're worried about that, have them out. You don't have to you don't have to rip open the package, but at least have them out, have them laying uh, on the lap of your patient or on their chest or to their side. So they're at least already out of the bag. They're already ready to go. So that then all you have to do is open that package up and place them on your patient. Uh, and then you're ready to go in case something happens. I hope that you'll consider uh, Denison administration. The next time you have a patient that's in SVT again, this is an ACLS skill. This is a drug that should be given uh, as a disclaimer by our advanced practitioners in the field. Uh, and I hope that you'll, think about administering that drug it is good for your patient uh, you should try to do so uh, if safe to do so and you can administer this drug in a safe manner and get your patient uh, their, their heart rhythm back into a more normal rhythm uh, than that SVT that they're in uh, and, and hopefully help that patient out especially when they're having things like chest pain and anxiety and shortness of breath uh, those palpitations we talked about so I hope you learned a little bit today uh, on today's episode about adenosine if you have any questions please feel free to reach out. Uh, you can always email me. Uh, that's the best at the Greg at GregoryStewartJohnson.com. And we look forward to receiving any questions you have. Any case studies that you want to add, we can certainly add those into the comments on the blog. It's GSJPodcast.com. And we can certainly do that and discuss those with one another. But I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, we will be producing many more episodes in the future, so I hope you'll stay tuned. Uh, keep up with our podcast on iTunes. We're also in the Google Play Store, and we look forward to sharing knowledge uh, with you, uh, for you, uh, and, and keeping EMS education at the forefront of our minds as uh, best we can. 